Hello and welcome to the Growing Green Podcast. Your host, Jeremiah Jennings, is the owner of Growing Green Landscapes in Birmingham, Alabama, and has a passion for growing the entrepreneurship community for those who are young in business. Being a business owner isn't easy, especially in the early years, and that's why in this show we dive into a wide range of topics covering all the challenges small business owners deal with. Even if your company is generating a million dollars or more, the stories from our great guest and Jeremiah's own firsthand experiences will propel your business forward. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Jennings. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode today here on the Growing Green Podcast. This is your host, Jeremiah Jennings. And we're very excited to be coming to you today with another fresh new episode and another guest interview. And this is going to be a really fun one. This is take two with John Pajak because we got four minutes into the first recording and realized I didn't press record. So uh, that, I think that's actually might be one of the first times that I've ever done that uh, recording, especially with the guests. But anyway, John Pajak needs no introduction at all. He is the man, the myth, the legend about knowing your numbers and everything else in between. John Pajak Financial Coaching and Turf Tamer Lawn Care. He's grown a successful business there and is now helping other people grow successful businesses when it comes to knowing their numbers. So, John, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Jeremiah. Thank you for having us on the on having me on the show tonight. Absolutely. It's <clears throat> over there, but no. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you. We've been wanting to do it for a little while and we finally got linked up and um, hope hope that you've been doing well. Mm-hmm. It was an honor meeting you and getting to hang out a little bit at Hype House back in February. And uh, it was just just super fun time down there, getting to create a lot of content and just network with people. And it's just fun, so fun how technology works because, like, we're sitting here looking at each other and we're hundreds of miles away. Uh, we, we live in different areas mm-hmm. of the country, but social media has brought us together and we've created uh, a friendship now. I, I think I, I can say friendship for my end. I don't know about your end. But, um, oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I love hanging out with you and, and all the things that you have to offer. And so what I want to do is, man, I want you to kind of run the show today. I want you to come on and talk about uh, everything from knowing your numbers to running a successful lawn care company to whatever you want to add in there in between because I get messages every other day, I seem it feels like, about people learning to know their numbers. How do you, how do you know your numbers? What does that mean? Because people say it all the time, yeah. but they don't really explain it. And, and that's something that I'm not honestly, like I can explain it on a base level, but not to the level that you can. So I wanted to get you on and talk mm-hmm. about that and just uh, break it down for the guys in year one, two, three, and, and kind of help them avoid going down a slippery slope and getting turned upside down in their business when it comes to profits and margins and everything else in between. So I want you to just take it away, man, and, and give us your give us your all tonight, and we won't hold you for too long. I know you said you got a raspy voice, you have some allergies, so uh, I, I want this to be a value packed episode, and I want you to bring bring the heat tonight. All right, we're just going to bring nothing but value. So that's right. Don't worry about my backstory or anything like that. There's other podcasts that you could go find, and you could find out all about me. Yeah. But let's just put it this way: <clears throat> for several years now, besides running my uh, successful lawn care company, Turf Tamer Lawn Care. I've been doing financial coaching, and my f- specific focus is helping other business owners in the green industry, you know, build budgets so that they could have profitable price points for their services. And if we're going to condense this and not talk about the fluff that you hear in other places, let's just get right down to it. If you're just starting out, you're not going to have the same kind of expenses and overhead of a guy that's doing, you know, been in business for a while and is 
doing millions of dollars in business. Yeah, 100%. In revenue, okay? When you're first starting out, you might look at it and go, hey, I have this vehicle. I have this trailer. I have this piece of equipment. I have the tools that I need to perform my work. So that's what I'm going to, I'm going to recuperate that. And that's what my price is going to reflect. That's not a bad start, but always when you're first starting out, there's going to be things that you don't know because you just don't know. Yeah. So what you have to do, and especially for guys that are just starting out, you don't shoot for where you're at right now. You're going to shoot for a little higher up where you, you're going to be. Mm. Even if, you know, people say fake it till you make it, all those types of, you know, little kitschy little sayings and things. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to have multiple vehicles or, you know, multiple trucks with crews out on that, on those jobs, uh, bringing in revenue, you're going to have to start thinking bigger and accommodate for that type of thing because you're not going to want to be sitting there constantly raising your price adjusting your prices especially with your existing clients mm. because they're going to want to log in and go hey yeah this is a good service that they're providing and this is the price i think it's fair and then you know you might lose you will lose people uh if you if you mess with their pricing too much yeah people are more accepting of a price change a little bit here and there when needed but you know, if you're doing it on a monthly basis, they're going to get fed up with that. For real sure. Quick. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, you know, back up a little bit and start. My, one of the bigger uh, pieces of advice I could give is not only look at what you want to do, find your wheelhouse and stick to it, but find somebody that's in that wheelhouse that's successful at it and kind of use them as your mentor. Yeah. Because they've already gone through a lot of these things, and there's it's it's amazing within our industry, within the green industry, you will be surprised at how forthcoming some of these guys are. You know, they they want to give information out. They want other people to succeed. Uh, it's not everybody. You know, you're going to have a couple people. I'm sure if you, you ask yeah, like five people, you might get like, you know. Yeah, you might get like three really nasty responses. You get like one no, and then you got one guy that go, "All right, kid, come on, yeah. I'll show you what to do." You know. Um, but really, when we say know your numbers, that you know, it depends on what you're looking at. I mean, that could be anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, find like I say, find the wheelhouse you want to work in, and then go from there. Move forward. Yeah. And try to, uh, you know, find that, like, next level that you're going to achieve or mm -hmm. you're going to strive for. And then start planning out how to price things out to get to there. Yeah, for sure. So um, le so let's take it to the level of, let's go to the young in business guy. Because that's who we target here on the show is guys out there mm -hmm. that are young in business. And let's say we're going to say for the, the guy that's been at 12 to 24 months, they're uh, full-time, they're figuring it out, but they're still, like, I know my price has changed drastically in the first 24 months of my business. Like, in the first 20, in the, in, at mm -hmm. the end of two years versus the beginning, they were drastically different than what they were in the beginning. Um, so, let's talk about that niche specifically, I guess. And I guess, I mean, a lot of this can apply across the board, but that's what I really want to hit on, those, those yes. first crucial years of 
those years one to five is what we can call it. Years one to five, where you have to get your pricing exactly right. Sure. And how how do you how do you do that successfully? Do you use softwares? Do you use how do you figure out? And and another thing, how do you figure out your expenses? That's something that I get a lot of questions about. Like, how, just how do I do it? It's not it's not what it is. It's how do we do it? And what are some what are some basic principles you could give to sure. to those guys out there? All right, let's take it step by step. We'll we'll chop that up a little bit. Yeah, let's go back to, uh, you know, we we need to know what we're doing, right? Um, so for the guys that are just starting out, you might have all the tools and equipment that you you need to be successful, but one thing a lot of people overlook is production times. Mm, that's okay? a big one, that's and this a good is word a key right element there. because because really when you think about it. The common denominator that for like me, you know, when I go through, I could I could help somebody that has a lawn mowing company, a fertilization weed control company, a landscaping company, a hardscaping company. I've helped guys across the country that have like these super weird niche jobs that I didn't even know existed that are in the green industry. And they're super interesting, you know. Yeah. And even though I didn't have experience in that, I'm like the the common denominator is time. So if you if you really break it down to it, it's like what? How long does it take you to do that job? How long with the equipment that you have? Are you, you know, like with with Turf Tamer? I'll go. I'll use my company as an example. We have a very clear idea of what our our tar, our target customer looks like. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like oh, you know, they got brown hair and blue eyes or, or something stupid like that. No, no, no. It's you know like where they live you know, if, what their disposable income is and things like that, yeah. but also what their lot size looks like. Mm. Because we're not, you know, we don't really do acreage. We don't do, we could, we could do up, you know, like up to an acre roughly. Yeah. But our, where our target is, is we know what size lawns. We have a very good idea of how long it takes us to, to knock those lawns out. Mm-hmm. So I could be I could take a look at a lawn and just based off of the square footage of the grass itself, I could look at it and say, okay, there's not that many obstructions. I know that this should take us a 15 minutes to do the application and make sure that we hit all the edges and do the all the proper things to do it properly. And we're not just grinding through and jamming through. We want to do a good job so we don't get any callbacks or anything like that. But key thing is we really have a very good idea of what our production times look like Mm -hmm. and um we um sorry my daughter thank you she had to give dad a a snack there we go thank you sweetheart hey you cannot beat oatmeal cream pies the best midnight snack no they're they're lovely they're one of my i think they are too um but you know let's bounce back so that we we're talking about we we cover value these right. I don't know. I think um, oatmeal cream pies is value. The, the 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 value. Yeah, I want the value to come out to your 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 listeners. Um, really getting your production times in order and streamlining those processes is going to help you find those numbers that you need. Yeah. To not only make it appealing and attractive to the people that are trying to purchase your services, but also those numbers make sense and they're profitable for you all the time. 
So once we break it down and we know, okay, we we have um, another thing. Okay, you, you see, understand what your production times are. So if you know on average, whatever you're doing, you know, let's just say you're a landscape or a hardscaper that you're putting in a, you know, 12 by a 12 by 12 square patio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have a standardized block that you use, you know, uh, you know, on average, you kind of know how long it should take to, ins- to put a regular installation in. And we're not talking about like change orders or anything in case you hit some, you know, a pipe or something like that that gets in your way and you got to refigure things. But we're just talking on g- in general. Um, it's very important to know what those production times are because then you could go back and you could really see like what your hourly rate is mm-hmm. and then apply it to that. And there, therefore, you know, you're covering all of your expenses. You're recouping equipment costs. You're covering your labor, the labor burden, and you have your profits and everything all built, cooked into that one piece. And you should be able to predictably remain profitable using those those techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's there's a lot of stuff that goes into you know knowing your numbers yeah because one it's you know like i said we've got all our equipment you've got your overhead you've got all those things that you have to recover and then it's like okay how long does it take one two three four five guys to do this job whatever it may be so i what most of the guys that listen to you what what would you say your biggest swath is like are they lawn mowing guys are they yeah, lawn maintenance. Lawn maintenance. You know, probably good mix. Yeah, lawn maintenance guys for sure, and a little bit of uh, landscaping in there as well. Uh, the time thing is is huge. I think that's something that I didn't. It took me a long time to realize that. Of you got to figure out exactly down to like the minute how much how long a yard is going to take you to really mm-hmm. to really hit those numbers that you want to hit, and that's how you you also have to estimate yards that way. Like you can't if you think if you think a yard is going to take you. 47 minutes you can't say it's going to take you 52 minutes because that's extra that's extra money in there that you might lose that yard over because you're charging more than you should charge does that make sense yeah it does uh, one of the tricky things about lawn maintenance and i'm sure you'll agree with this is in the spring rush you know like let's just talk like cooler season weather okay like where i'm at we don't. We only cut, you know. If we're lucky, we have like maybe mid-April through November, like Halloween. Yeah, is usually like actual grass cutting. Uh, cleanups and things come in November. There's still some mowing, but you know, you only have that short amount of time to make that money. Yeah, right there. So one, you have to look at instead of saying, "Hey, I got 12 months to work," I only have this window to work. You know, I should make the window look like that. But <laughs> yeah, um, small window. I have I have this window out of the year to work. <clears throat> and uh, not only that, but you know, when you think about how our grass grows, it's cool season. So in the springtime, it's growing. Eight, it could grow up to eight inches, ten inches a week. Yeah, that's that blows my mind. And you're gonna get. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get double cuts, triple cuts in there. You know, it's wet. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
not very easy to maintain. Yeah. And you have to kind of account for that because, you know, in the summertime, like right now, it's uh, June 21st, first day of summer. We, we, we're hitting 100 degree days, which the lawns get torched. And it's best to actually stay off of them unless you absolutely necessarily need to get on them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you look at like springtime and fall versus like middle of summer, uh, I could probably knock out most of, you know, if I was mowing, I could probably knock out a lawn in 15 minutes. Whereas in the springtime, it would take 45 minutes mm -hmm. for me to do that exact same lawn. Yeah. So what you have to do, too, is with those production times, is take your averages. Mm -hmm. And this is something, unfortunately, guys that have not, had, they're in business for the first couple of years, they might not have caught on to this yet. Or they may not have thought about that. So one of the guys that come to me for coaching, I tell them, I'm like, I don't care what system you use. It doesn't matter if it's just, a, you know, a, a timer on your phone and you're writing down like, hey, I'm here. Um, you know, you pull up to Miss Jones's house. It's 9.30 a.m. Okay, write that down, 9.30 a.m. And then until you basically are turning the key to take off again, mm -hmm. then you write that time down again. It's like, oh, it was 10.04. All right, so it took 34 minutes to cut Mrs. Jones's lawn. Well, that might not be consistent throughout the season because in the middle of the summer, maybe it only takes you 15 minutes to do it. So the best thing you could do is you keep track of that time and then you could average it over X amount of months. And then it'll give you a better idea of where you should, like how much time it takes to cut not only Mrs. Jones's lawn, but a lawn that is very similar mm -hmm. to Mrs. Jones's lawn. Because if you're, especially if you're, you know, this is the ideal thing is you get route density in one neighborhood and almost everybody's got like cookie cutter type lawns, you know that it's like, okay, they're all fenced in and say they're, you know, 9,000 square foot, you know, uh, actual turf of 9,000 square feet, but it's fenced in. So, you know, you're going to have to go all the way around the edges with the trimmer, not only that, but all the stuff that's in between. But you could, if as long as you're tracking that, most people will see that there's a common, uh, you know, there's a pattern that evolves from that. And you could break that, you know, it's like cracking the formula. And you're like, oh, hey, you know what? This lawn and this lawn are almost identical in times. And guess what? Their layout is almost identical. Mm -hmm. So it helps you get those production times in place. So that when you do actually figure out what your overhead recovery, your labor, all the numbers you need to know, you can break that down, turn it into time, and then put out those, you know, those prices that are accurate and keep you profitable. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that, like, it, it takes time. It's not an over – you're not going to do this overnight. You're not going to figure it out overnight. Uh, it, it definitely takes time, like you're saying. Go out, map the yards, and uh, and learn learn the processes behind it. And so, here's one thing that we get a lot too. And this is, I know this is a, a this is a packed question, so you can just kind of do the the short, brief answer here, or take it as far as you want to. But one of the one, I think maybe the most common question I get is, how do you come up with a man hour rate? And I know you've heard that a million times. So, 
what is your advice there? What are, What is the process uh, that might be the, the dumbed-down version? Because I know you have a training program that we'll talk about a little bit later in the show that you really dive deep into this stuff and work with companies individually about that. So you just kind of share share your thoughts sure. on that. Uh, I'll just say it right now, man. Let's just, why not just <clears throat> say program budgets break evens a bottom lines workshop. Yeah. That's what this is, you know, that's what, that's the meat and potatoes and that's what really dives deep is in, in people's businesses. Uh, but really it starts out with what, you know, what's your goals as far as income? Okay. You got to figure that out. You got to know what services you provide. And I know there's a lot of guys, especially when they start out, they think I'm going to do landscaping. I'm going to do mowing. I'm going to do, uh, applications and I'm going to do irrigation and lighting. And they, they, they think they, they have these huge ideas, which is great. It's very, you know, it's like, keep that excitement going. Don't, don't lose that. Okay. Yeah. But if you try doing all of that so quickly, you're going to find yourself very stretched out too thin and you're not going to be very good at any of them. Yeah. Especially if you're just starting out. You know, there's a lot of, of guys that worked for somebody and then they're great technicians, but when they jump into the entrepreneurship, they, they fall flat, flat on their face. Mm-hmm. And I speak from experience on this because many, many, many years ago, I was doing the same thing, working for another company. I had a, you know, I was like the right-hand man. And then I got to the point where I was like, you know, I could do this on my own and make money and I won't have a boss. And I went out and did it. And I fell flat on my face because there was a lot of things I didn't realize and I didn't think about way back then. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, coming back into it many years later, I learned those lessons, licked my wounds, things had healed, things had gotten better. And I said, you know what, let me, sh- let me just do this again. Let me, but I'm going to do it smarter. Um, so if you're going to focus on, just focus on like one or maybe, maybe, maybe two things, mm-hmm. especially if you're in lawn maintenance, because, um, obviously the, the next, you know, if you're doing weekly lawn mowing, it's very easy to then do bush trimming or something like that. Yeah. And I'm not saying not to do that. I say, that's okay. Go ahead and do that. It's just, you know, you're going to be working a lot of extra it's going to take a lot of extra time and effort and whatnot. But um, I would just say, don't spread yourself out way too thin. Yeah. Okay? So try to stay in your lane. So once you develop like a budget of like, hey, I'm going to make X amount of dollars, whatever it is, you're going to figure out, okay, how much of that money comes from, let's say, lawn mowing and then say bush trimming. We're just going to keep it at those two, two examples. Um. So you look at that, and then you look at the equipment that is required for those things. So lawn mowing. You need a vehicle, uh, possibly a trailer. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a truck that has like either a a flatbed or a ramp or a box truck that could have store everything in it. But let's just say you have a basic setup of a truck, a trailer. You have your lawn mowing equipment, so you have your stick equipment, your mowers, whatnot. And then... We're also going to need your, you know, bush trimming stuff, right? You're going to calculate all of those things and you're going to depreciate them over a certain amount of time because, you know, it's very difficult, especially with mowing to per in like year one to go, all right, I'm going to be able to pay this thing off in one year. You know, I'm going to get the ROI in one year. Yeah. 
because if you try to do that, your your prices are not going to they're going to be way above what's the average the market average and this is big okay. this is everybody needs to pay attention right here stop and pay attention because when you're coming up with your what you want to make and the time you do you the time you have to do it in so if you want to make $100,000 a year and you try to pack it into 8 month schedule or 7 month schedule then it's going to really bump these rates up and you're right. going to, you could take yourself out of play when it comes to being the market like uh, I mean, equal, equal, or close to market value, right? Because let's just say you know you're going to make a hundred thousand a year, right? Yeah. If you just look, listen to these numbers real quick. Just over twelve months, you have to do eighty three, eight thousand three hundred thirty three dollars uh, per month. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then you take that exact same uh, number, the one hundred thousand, and you divide it by eight. You get twelve thousand five hundred that you have to generate. Yeah. So, so we're talking like four thousand. You know, there's four thousand dollars difference. Yeah. If you could work year round, which some people can because they're down south or you know they're out west and they have like a whole season all year round, mm-hmm. that's great. But like for guys like myself, where I live, you know, I'm not far from Chicago. You know, I'm right there, right underneath Lake, underneath Lake Michigan. Yeah. It could start. You know, past couple of years we've had snow by uh, Halloween. Yeah, that's you crazy. have you only have that that window that we keep talking about, but you got to start thinking about that. It's like, hey, you know what? If uh, you you want to make that hundred thousand, you have to generate twelve over twelve grand a month within that season. Yeah. Um, how do you do that? Well, you know, let's go back to the equipment. You know, uh, you have to have a number for that piece of equipment, whether you're still making payments on it or if you own the equipment and you're, and you're replacing it. And that's a huge thing that a lot of guys do not do is they don't plan for equipment replacement or equipment obsolescence or the equipment failures that happen. And, you know, just, just a quick, simple thing like, you know, a spring on the deck of a mower, right? You, you're like, well, okay, I'll just go get a new one, no problem. Those big springs, I mean, they're those things are as big as my hand. You know, they're they're big, meaty things. Oh yeah, real pain in the butt to stretch out to put back on the deck. They're yep. super strong, right? But they fail. One of those springs costs about fifty bucks. Yeah. You know, and if guys aren't sacking money away, if you're not planning for that type of thing, if that's not built into your overhead recovery. You're going to put yourself in a hurt locker, yeah, because you're always going to end up borrowing money, or you're not going to make profits, or you're going to say, "You know what? I don't need to pay myself," which is like the number one sin that almost every single, uh, you know, young entrepreneur does. They just go, "I just need the business to grow. I need the business. To grow. I'll pay myself later. I'll pay myself later." Mm-hmm. When they do that, and they neglect to pay themselves. They're really cheating themselves because not only are they not getting money for doing all hard work, but they don't really know what their costs are, their true costs are. That's why I always say, it's like, I know you're going to be working in your business those first few years, but just imagine if you had to pay somebody to do it. Yep. What would it cost? And right now, yeah, right now, you know, the the, the $12 an hour guy is gone. Like he's never coming back, you know? Most of the people in my area, I mean, we're, we always paid better than what, 
we never paid minimum wage by any means. Yeah. But, you know, now with the way things are going, uh, you know, people are expecting better wages for what oh, yeah. we do. Yeah. And all those things creep and leak into all the pricing that you have to, you know, recover or the cost that you have to recover. So, you know, when people go, Oh, I can't believe you charge $50 minimum for a mo. It's like, yeah, I think that's very fair. Yeah. Considering all the things that we do. Considering and how much money I've lost in fuel this year. Exactly. You know, um, so let, let's just start. I, I know I'm starting to wander and I might be losing some people with, because it's just, I'm throwing so many things. I'm, I'm opening up the fire hose and say, Hey, yeah. take a drink. Yeah. You know, it's like, ah, so the best thing you could do really is list, take a, make a list of all the things that you pay for. Yeah. It, all your equipment, mm-hmm. all of your overhead stuff. And I'm, I'm talking everything guys, like your phones, if you pay for storage, if you're not paying for storage or you don't have a shop, add you should in. start incorporating some of the, add that in, yeah. even if you don't have it. Just be like, <clears throat> look around in your neighbor, your the area that you service, and find out what the rents are for these things. Yeah. Because, you know, some people will go, oh, well, dude, you're crazy. You're going to be so greedy and add money in there that you don't even need right now. It's like, I understand that, but this is why we still have guys that run around town and say, yeah, I'll cut it for 20 bucks. Yeah. Okay. They don't have any of this overhead. They don't have insurance and all these other things, or a lot of them don't. And they're still cutting it for nothing. And not making because, money. You know, they, they're they not making money. They're yeah. not making profits. They're not replacing their equipment. They're just running everything into the ground. Yeah. And then a lot of times I, I I've had people in my circle uh that i was helping and they kind of ran their business that way and then guess what like this year they're gone yep and it's like trying to follow up hey how you guys doing yeah we just we just quit yeah it's like did you do anything we talked about no i was just trying to get by and i just thought i could do this and you know they they just weren't listening and not to say that if you listen to me you're going to be a superstar success or anything like that, but no, it's just good it's, grounded it's like advice. They, they just didn't have the mindset. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have the mindset to get around. Like, well, I need to buy. You know, I need to get a new Escalade. That mm-hmm. was one of the guys' things. It was like, okay, well, you got the Escalade, but now you're gonna get it repoed because yeah, you're not gonna be able to pay for you're it. Out of business, so <laughs> exactly. Um. So you said make a list of all your expenses. Go through. Right. Make a a list of all your expenses. Go through this. And I'm talking like, you know, make sure, you know, if you're, even if you're at home, uh, your phone bill, your internet, you got to incorporate those things in there because you're more likely you're using those services to operate your business. Um, So, you know, go through, you got to go through every basic, basically everything's a line item. Yeah. And you got to just, you know, if you're lazy, okay, one way you could do is just look at your checkbook or your, look at your checking account. Yeah. And see how, what is actually getting paid out. Yeah. Where's your money going for the last two months? Make sure that, exactly. You know, you could look at ours. <coughs> Excuse me. We have um, multiple accounts to 
help us just at a glance see where our money's at. Yeah. So, you know, at a glance, I could I could open up our accounts and say, oh, <clears throat> we have payroll covered for, you know, this week is no problem. Oh, we, we could see um, that our equipment replacement fund is about on track where it should be. Uh, another mistake guys make is when they're doing this, they're operating out of like a single checking account. Yep. And it might look great because you go, hey, I got $20,000 in the bank. We're good. But then, oh, hey, payroll hit. Or uh, we had to buy something for the business supplies or whatever it might be. Yep. And it turns out it's like you needed, you actually needed more than $22,000 in the bank and then you're like why am i two grand short or why is there no money in the bank yeah you know you're not managing your money the right way um it's just a, a whole nother offshoot that we could go on i'm not gonna steer that far into yeah. it right now but um so yeah make a list all your equipment all your your overhead expenses your labor burden so that you're paying your te- you know paying the so the all the fica and all those taxes for your guys and stuff uh, your, uh, what else do we have? We have overhead, you had your labor, you have your equipment. Uh, oh, your marketing. Oh, there's so many guys out there that do not even plan for marketing. Yeah. And if you don't market, you're not going to grow because even though you're doing this work, you know, marketing and sales is something that a lot of guys aren't comfortable with. And they need, they need to because that's the life force that brings money into the, the business. Yeah. yeah. So you, you kind of have to account for all of these things. I know it sounds like it's, a, it's impossible, but it's not. You really just have to be focused on it, take it line by line, get all these things added up. And then let's say you're like me where you have an eight-month period. Even let's just say you had a, a piece of equipment that was like a thousand dollars a month that you had to pay, right? I know that's a little high, but I'm just using a big round number just so it's easier for me. So in a year, you have to have that twelve thousand. You would be like, oh, a thousand dollars a month. It's twelve thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Well, because we only operate eight months out of the year, let's just say it's more than that twelve thousand. You know, it's like, oh wait, we actually have to have like twenty twelve fifty. Yep. You know, yep. one thousand two hundred fifty or whatever the whatever it is, uh, we have to generate that to replace that or to pay for it throughout the season or for the whole year because our bills don't shut off when winter comes. Yeah, they're still going. The you know my my rental units and things like that. They still want their money. Why would they want their money? I don't know why they want their money in the winter. Yeah, but yeah. They know I don't work, right? I don't. I don't work in the winter time. No, but. Uh, you have to account for all those things. Mm-hmm. And once you start breaking that down, you get that number, which you need per month during that eight-month time. You look at how many hours that you guys plan to work. So if it's 2,000 hours or, you know, uh, that's usually a 40-hour 40 hour, 40 week, 50 weeks out of the year, mm-hmm. uh, you have to figure it out and be like, maybe we only work 1,400 hours a year, you know, not including any yeah. overtime that might happen. Yeah. But you have to start breaking it down on that level. And then once you figure that out, that really helps you dial in what your man hour rate should be. Mm -hmm. 
it's uh there's you know it's a little more complicated than what i'm saying but at yeah. the same time it's no that's still that's a good as easy as that yeah 100 percent. that's a good start and that's that's kind of what i wanted to do on the show was just kind of throw the, get a feeler out there let everybody wet everybody's uh mouth taste buds a little bit and, and just kind of because here's here's the thing that I see that is so crucial is there's so many guys who are starting up or have been in business for the last five years and just aren't doing it the right way. And this is uh, the reason I'm so passionate about it is because I did that the first two. Like I, I'm in year four now, but in reality, I'm really in like year almost year two because just last season is when we started figuring things out and doing things the right way. When it comes to like you're saying, did more than one checking account and and making uh count accounting for all of your overhead expenses everything that's involved in running the company like uh the software to see and record this podcast like when i do the budgeting for our podcast and media stuff then i have to record that i have to factor that in and so yeah it's all crucial things it's all uh all the mics and headsets and everything else that goes along with this and and, and it, if you take that to the lawn care industry then it's just weed eaters we need to string the buttons to replace on the heads. All that stuff comes into factor and it comes into play there. And you just have to figure that stuff out and you got to figure out your, uh, your budget to figure out that man hour rate. And when that happens, you're really going to see profits start going up. We, we did that this year. We started really, really honing in on our time on our properties. And we, we, when I give new estimates now, like if I if I think it's gonna take me thirty seven minutes, I'm gonna say it's gonna take me thirty seven minutes, and we're gonna calculate it to that direct amount. It's gonna be the thirty seven minutes is what we're gonna get paid for that. Uh, and so it, it's worked for us, and we're by no means a finished product. We still have so much so much stuff to do and figure out. But uh, you've helped me just from getting to know you and, and be friends with you a little more, and just hearing just com- in conversation here and there. Uh, but tell us before we wrap this thing up, and if you have anything else to leave us with, uh, go ahead and go ahead and drop something in here. But if not, tell us really about, yeah, two things. What you got? Two things. I got. I got two things real quick. That just ref- uh, going off of what you were just talking about. One, yeah. <clears throat> you, you're saying though the 37 minute thing. You have to also include not only the time that it takes you to do that work, mm-hmm. but you have to also include time the windshield time get there that's huge because part of it you know it's like hey you know what if you don't have a super dense route you know you don't want to be driving 20 minutes to somebody's place just to go do one account yep because you lose money you don't you don't make money today right because you know the margins on maintenance are they're not as great as people think they are yeah they're low and if you're not including, and this is a, a great tip for your, your your viewers and listeners right now, is besides the actual production time for that job, you also have to include that travel time. Mm-hmm. So it may not be point, <clears throat> you know, port to port or door to door from yeah. your shop back, but at least have the, the what we do is we have we cover at least from our door to their door because most of the time we have, we are working in established neighborhoods that we have. Mm-hmm. So it might only be like one minute to the next, um, account. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that way it's like, okay, you're not gonna, you're not like losing the opportunity because you're pricing from port to port. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time you are recovering that drive time at least one way. Mm-hmm. And then your next count, which is only maybe a minute away, 
picks up the slack for the next and so on and so forth. So tip number one, always make sure you're accounting for that, that windshield time. Number two, we were just talking about the equipment and you were like, oh, you know, it's the trimmers, the trimmer line, the uh, bump heads and things like that. One thing that I see guys make a mistake on is they have, you open up their their um, toolbox, let's just call it, and you'll see, you know, they got Echo Steel, Husqvarna, and, you know, whatever else. They got, yeah. like, you know, Ryobi or something, you know. They'll have, like, a mixture of everything. If you standardize your equipment, if you start thinking in fleet terms, and really don't, you know, when you're single, when you're like a solo operator, a lot of times it's easier to just be like, yeah, I like this trimmer and I like this piece of equipment more. I'm going to use this trimmer over that one. <clears throat> I'll let my guys use this one over here, whatever. It, it, it really doesn't save you anything because when you have too many customized options there, mm-hmm. think about it. The air filter is probably different on all, all those, those trimmers. Um, your spark plugs might be different. Your, the bump heads and things that might take different parts. Yeah. And depending on how often those things get used, they have different wear rates. So you're like, well, I bought two echo heads because, you know, I just have them. And then maybe you don't use those, use the steel, uh, trimmers more. So now you've just got money invested in these echo heads that are just sitting there on the shelf waiting to be replaced. But because those things are collecting dust and the other trimmers don't get used as much, um, you should have bought more of those steel heads. So long story short, wrap it up. Try to think in fleet terms when you purchase your equipment. Because like with mowers, even if you have different sized mowers, one thing that we do is we always pick uh, what worked well for us in the past was a 52-inch mower and a 36. Mm -hmm. And we could get in anywhere with that combination. You had the productivity of the 52, the 36 gave you access to small backyards. One of the great things is 52 inch mower blades and 36 inch mower blades for most brands are the same size. So you only have to buy and focus on one. Yeah. If you can only have, you only have to focus on one mower blade. Yeah. It's the same thing. I think, believe it's like the 48 inch and the sixties, are the same size. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but you know that with our with our equipment that we had, they were the same size for the 52s and 36s. Also took the same um, fuel filters. So instead of buying two different fuel fil- fuel filters, oil filters, everything else, we could just buy bulk and say, you know what, just give me, you know, give me a case of those oil filters yeah give me a case of these blades all these things uh and even with like trimmers you know not ha- you know if you had like 12 different filters that you got to go through guys are going to be like i don't know where that filter is i'm not going to change it and then burns out the motor mm-hmm. you know yeah that's good stuff so, man that, that's think, all very yeah, applicable just, yeah so start thinking about that because that's when you I mean, once you get to that point when you're really starting to like nitpick and get really efficient, streamlined, that's part of it. You know, I, I if when if people have heard me speak before about streamlining your processes, <coughs> out of, <coughs> excuse me, the um, uh, when you streamline like that, it's like yeah, 
I just need a just get me some a spark plug. There's no hunting around. It's like here's the box of spark plugs. Yeah, yeah. For the for that trimmer, bam, good to go. Yep. Um, not only saves you money, saves you time, makes you more profitable that way. Yeah, hundred percent. That's good um, stuff. That's stuff that everybody needs to think about because it's easy to forget that stuff. That those are the little things. It's, it's not one big fatal swoop will take you down. It's the death by a thousand paper cuts. And those are all, those are all things that, that will lead to that. So, well, man, tell us, we're going on 45 minutes here. This has been a really good value packed episode. Uh, Before we wrap this up, let us know a little bit about how people can get in touch with you and really dive into the, your training program that you have, the budgets, break evens and bottom lines and uh, what, what all that entails and kind of where they can find it. Yeah. Um, I have the budgets, break evens and bottom lines. Uh, It's a workshop. It's a four hour workshop it's uh it's very it goes in great detail yeah uh everything we just kind of covered imagine that but just like laser focused on your business so we we dive through everything go through your numbers it takes a while i give it four hours just because once we it's sometimes it take it's like peeling an onion it's like oh i think i think everything's there it's like i'll peel a layer off i'm like hey what about this right here and then you're like oh Oh yeah, I gotta figure that out too. But yeah. at the end of it, I I do a lot of the work with you, and that way, it's not like you're just on your own, and it really helps you dial in what you need to be charging for the service that you're providing. Yeah, and that is available at the greenindustrypodcast.com. There's also two other. Um, there's also two other. Uh, programs that I've worked on with Paul Jamison of the Green Industry Podcast. Uh, there's the get to or excuse me, <laughs> get to know your numbers. There's the your uh, know your numbers program. Uh, Paul has taken a few of my modules and put that into that program. Yeah. And that, and then there's also the step by step guide to operating a successful lawn care business. That is a program that Paul and I worked on earlier this year. It was actually right after the Hype House. We were supposed to do it immediately after while we are in Florida, but we had to postpone. And we did it down in Georgia at the Green Industry Podcast Studio, which is actually a beautiful place. Yeah. And uh, besides all that, that is, that's got like 20 modules as of right now. and We keep kind of tweaking it and adding things to it. Uh, so all three of those programs are available at greenindustrypodcast.com. And if you are also, I'm just going to plug one other thing. Um, I'm also kind of like the yardbook guru guy. And I hate saying guru, but that's what some people have called me. Uh, but there's a Facebook uh, user group. It's a our Facebook group. It's called Yardbook Users. Yep. And you can look that. It's free to get in. All you got to do is make sure you answer the questions and we'll, we'll get you in there. But uh, not only is it a huge resource where I could reach out to you and help you with your learning how to use the Yardbook program, which is a CRM, a customer relations management uh, software um, that helps you run your business, but I also uh, do one-on-one training sessions with that as well. And you could just, once you get into the group, you could contact me and I'll point you in the right direction on how to get that going. So there's a lot of a lot of pokers in yeah. the fire, but no, that's good stuff. That's uh, it's just there to really just be helpful 
I, I just try to help as many people as I can. That's right. No, you you give a lot back to the community. You give a lot of time to that Yardbook group. I myself am a part of that. Y'all know that I love Yardbook, and I think it's a crucial piece of your business to have some type of CRM, especially even in the beginning. And Yardbooks are a great one to get you started. So, thank you, John, for coming on today and spending some time with us this evening. If you do want to connect with him, you he just gave you all of his places to go find him. Greenish Podcast Yardbook User Group, and uh, what is your tag on Instagram? John all right. I think this is John Dapajak. John Dapajak. So pretty, pretty, pretty simple. And we'll we'll link that and put it in the show notes today. If you want to go uh, reach out to him, shoot him a, a DM or something like that, I'm sure John can help you in some way, shape, or form to help you run a successful uh, business when it comes to uh, managing your money and building and growing your profit when it comes to all things business and finances. So, again, thank you, John, for coming on today. Thank you so much, Jeremy. I appreciate it. It was time went by like that for me so yeah it has it is it's flown by this has been a really good episode hope y'all enjoyed this one if you did would you leave us a rating interview because those really do help us uh, i know i say it a lot but they do help us it boosts us out there and gets us out there to to more people to help grow the community one relationship at a time so without any further ado we're going to wrap this one up and we'll catch up with everybody here on the next episode thanks for tuning in to the growing green podcast It is an honor to have you listening, and we hope you receive valuable advice to help take your business to the next level. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode drops.